Hey kids, it's me, Seb, and today we will be talking about some old school magic. Let's get into it. This is Monster of the Week, constructing old school magic. I'm Lita Chill from 93 Yeah, this is how we chill from Today, uh, today we're talking about the best commons in Italian set Legende. Sweet. I, uh, I thought we were going to do some uh, like election, live election reporting since we have an election going on here right now in Sweden. No, it's too boring. Okay, okay. No, yeah, you're right, right. So, okay, the Italian commons, where would you start? I would start with uh, Stebo winning the Wincon. Mm, that's, that's a good common. common. Let's get into that. And how would we go about to start this? Um, I don't know. Maybe introduce Stebo, maybe. maybe. Okay. Um, Are you out there, Stebo? Hey, guys. I'm out there. Just about. Hello. Welcome to the pod. Glad you could join us. Yeah, great to be here. Thank you so much for, for having me on. Really, uh, really appreciate getting the chance to, to hang out. Yeah, and congratulations, of course, are due. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> crack, crack one open. Uh, yeah, no, thank you. Um, d delighted and honored to, uh, yeah, to get the win last weekend. Uh, it's been a in a way, a long time coming. Bit of a, a lifetime goal, uh, I, on some level, set myself. I'm yeah, thrilled to, thrilled to get there. Is it is it over there in UK where you're always saying it's coming home? It's coming home. Yeah, a little bit. I think we had a few. <laughs> we've had a few brothers in the the top eight uh, NoobCon over the years and NoobCom, um, and so it was one of those things where it sort of felt like, well, somebody was going to, you know, going to get to the finals. You know, people have had good chances in the past, but this was my first first top eight at uh, NoobCon, WinCon, like a shark event. Um, so it was, yeah, good to get get it all sorted the first time and not not be left uh, wondering uh, for future events what might have happened. Yeah, and actually taking down a finals also, so you don't have to sit and wonder what could have been and stuff like absolutely that. and you know after you know obviously in italy playing against a number of high quality italian players uh compared to last year and our disappointment against the italians in in the euros in, in football it was good yeah. to uh yeah right that wrong as it were <laughs> it's coming home exactly right. so <laughs> i didn't uh, actually realize that you, it was your first uh shark top eight because I I I got my shark in my third tournament and it was kind of devastating not getting into the two first you played the top eight. It's it's so hard when you 
like go to those shark tournaments you you make top eight you even maybe win the swiss and then you just go straight out it sucks so hard yeah i can imagine i can only imagine and i mean i've i had a good run in old school events kind of 2018 2019 and probably over covid i think i had a few good results at first i'm i seem to lose to jordan boyle a lot in like top eights or finals or like you know <laughs> kind of high high stakes events um when it comes down to us so I'd say over COVID, my kind of appetite kind of waned a little bit for, for events mm. just because, you know, online fits. Well, you, you weren't able to play that many live events either. So yeah, and the, kind of the like... webcam fatigue really did exactly. sort of set in. Um, but this year, I've, I've kind of doubled down on trying to kind of go to as many things as I can, really, because I think probably my probably not going to get sort of the excuse of saying, oh, well, I haven't gone to anything for two years, you know, like mm -hmm. another other things will take priority. Um, so it's been nice to sort of accrue a few results um but no certainly no wins until now um and yeah it all, all came together when it needed to but well on you it's kind of a nice segue into what i was uh, thinking we should start with you mentioning like the different sharks tournaments and stuff like that where are we at now because this was a shark tournament and sebo won his shark but uh, it's not that historically right no i mean Traditionally, the shark was awarded at uh, NoobCon and the BSK tournament. Then the BSK mm -hmm. shark moved to the to Arvika, the Scandinavian Championships. That's where I won. Um, and then the Italians started their Fish Liver Oil Cup series a couple of years ago. I I think it was 2017. The Edizione Zero was or something. Um, but somehow they convinced MG that the World Championships should be in Italy and that Italy should award a shark. They were set for 2020, but then COVID happened. Yeah. And as you mentioned, there's been a bunch of tournaments there with the Fish Liver Oil Cup and stuff like that. So it's not like out of the blue, maybe, that uh, MG decided to bring it some other. I think this is also when... Uh, he started giving invites to different countries to NoobCon, right? Trying to actually have old school being more global, I guess, uh, overall. Yeah. yeah, and then and then he also wanted to kind of stop giving out those weird invites to random organizers who could distribute them in any way they want. So mm. the last NoobCon was actually only MG invited whoever he wanted to play the NoobCon. So mm. he can sk skip that old old thing about oh we need to distribute these invites in a good way because it's the world championships now we can do do what the fuck he wants with nukecon yeah because of wincon or yeah exactly and i think it actually works a lot kind of a lot neater obviously it means for mg he can lose a lot of the kind of administrative burden of having to sort out this thing he can just say well this is my event you know invite who i like it's sort of invitational but then for wincon it's an open event it's using the kind of generally accepted European rule set. It's in Italy, um, and it's using a you know the Fish Liver Oil Cup is a, I'd say probably the most well, at least certainly one of the most prestigious, if not the most prestigious event outside of Sweden, in you know European old school magic, and you know some of the guys in the UK love going and have been going every year. So it kind of makes sense. You know, the, these guys already have a globe, you know, global international community traveling to their tournaments. They've proven, yeah, proven that it works, and they're absolutely great. The Fish Liver organizers are just such a great group of guys. It, I can see from MG Sense, it's sort of if you're looking to 
move the shark and move the world championship somewhere else this is the best place to move it to at least for the time being yeah like uh, as you mentioned like today of course there are great many big tournaments that get like capped real early that people want to go to maybe the shark isn't that big of a deal in that sense anyhow anymore but back then we didn't have like the big tournaments at least uh, as many of them here in europe but like both here in the u.s in the u.s and here in europe everything has just been exponentially growing i guess uh, tournament wise so and and a lot of small tournaments that are also really nice i think it's coming together in a good way where you can find somewhere to play and you can go to tournaments and you can have leagues even or whatever like alongside with the online uh, community that also like grew uh, really much during the uh, covid and everything I, so and i i also kind of like that they move around that shark because like uh, bsk was actually like the bsk was actually at one point bigger than noobcon uh, mm-hmm. Kind of, mm-hmm. like in 2014, I think it was over 60 players at New- at BSK, mm. and then it dwindled uh, down. And then Mar- uh, Marcus D- Kungen started his Arvika tour, and he built it up. When I won, it was 82 players, mm. and then he wanted to scale down, so they kind of had to move it somewhere mm. because it, he wanted to organize tournament, but not those big, maybe 40 people tournaments instead. Mm. So, so it makes sense to move it around and. Maybe in a couple of years, who knows? Maybe yeah. the Fish Liver crew doesn't want to do big tournaments anymore. Then someone else will, will take over. Like yeah. it, it makes sense. And the shark is a big thing. I mean, it's I, a big I, fish. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I know it firsthand. And it's, it's <laughs> such a weird feeling winning that shark. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's hard to explain. Okay. How come? You mean like it's, you, you can't really put words on it? Or no. Like? I, I mean, it doesn't really mean anything, exactly. <laughs> you know, in a way, but in, in another way, it means everything mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. it represents the effort and you know, that individual's kind of journey through old school. And I personally, you know, I, I can't stop looking at it. You know, I've had it for mm-hmm. about a week and it's kind of a bit like the, I don't know, the one ring or something. You just sort of, <laughs> yeah, you can't exactly describe why, but it has a, yeah, sort of unique properties, that kind of allure. Um, yeah, and I, I can think the, completely agree on the that. coolest it, thing is clearly that you guys need to have uh, have it in your sideboard during what what tournaments can you not have it in your sideboard in single uh, in singleton formats without sideboards. Okay, that, that's but basically. It. I think then we're it, but, probably but look, Swedish. At you always have it, but there's probably some other formats where you sh- maybe not might need it some old school formats i don't know well i think it's i think it's interesting right because obviously some people have gotten a bit of shade over the years for not running their their sharks um you know mm-hmm. all the time i mean personally i think i wanted in my sideboard whenever i'm playing old school now and maybe even mm-hmm. for other games i'll just have it there just you know send a <laughs> message um exactly. and that's yeah especially amongst you know sort of people you play board games and card games with um mm. but certainly i think constructed old school you yeah, it's in there. It's got to be in there somewhere. Mm. And now, now I will get a run for for most tournament g- games played with a shark in the sideboard because I I actually think I have played most tournament games with a shark in my sideboard <laughs> of all the shark holders. So now I'm getting a run for that. That's cool. So maybe we should move into the tournament in question 
uh, and talk a bit about your experiences. Uh, so it didn't really start on it was Saturday was the big 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 event of course the main event but you guys both of you guys played on Friday also no and it actually starts on Thursday but okay. um, then I arrived uh, on Thursday it's, it's a dinner at the I've I can't remember the whole name but it's like um, uh, Don Gallo restaurant oh, yeah. the Osteria. Uh, it's it's an amazing restaurant. Um, the Mego is, I think, is president of the foundation that runs that restaurant, and it's mm. like they employ immigrants and former drug addicts and people that aren't really employable uh, to work at that place. And it's just an amazing restaurant, and they threw an amazing dinner for I think we were around fifteen people or something. Mm. So that that's like the start of the the Fishley Royler Wincon. Thursday evening, having some pasta. I yeah, guess. and and everything else like, uh, yeah. That's also much. cool. That's also something I really like by the old school events around in the world. That usually you get to see stuff that you wouldn't do if you're just a tourist, I guess, uh, and hang out with real <laughs> people from from those countries. Uh, did you also arrive Thursday? Stuff? No, I arrived uh, Friday. Yeah, Friday lunchtime. So I I flew out with um, brother Jonas from Brothers of Fire from the UK. And there was one other UK uh, guy, Brian. Uh, he was arriving. He sort of travelled his own. Doesn't live in London. Um, he arrived. May have even arrived Thursday. Uh, so Jonas and I flew out Friday. So we there was a uh, an event on the Friday which we didn't. Um, didn't make so I was I was rooming with DFB and Will McGrann so mm. kind of as you were saying about sort of things you wouldn't necessarily see as a tourist so we we just did some we got into Italy got into Genoa sort of mid-afternoon so got to the the apartment and then just did some sightseeing kind of wandered around the old town got some drinks and there are a fair number we bumped into the sisters uh, sisters of the flame crew like Paul de Silva um, Emily, a few of the, few of the other guys um, from that from that group that are also staying in in town uh, for the weekend and yeah, it's a sort of strange kind of you know what are we all doing in Genoa, which isn't the sort of classic <laughs> kind of tourist sort of city. Um, it's very beautiful, the old town, um, mm. but is yeah not not necessarily probably known amongst Europeans for being a place you want to go and visit. Um, and yeah, got, we went to a wonderful restaurant, got some kind of seafood pasta, um, and the food was actually. For the price you're paying, really high quality. Um, I'm a bit of a becoming a bit of a sort of foodie Instagram kind of obnoxious person, and I was taking some great pictures, and yeah, <laughs> I was loving it. Okay, we got some more content for your <laughs> foodie needs. Absolutely. Uh, but you didn't play the Friday. Uh, was that Scrying's event? That was the Scrying's. Yeah. Were, were okay. you playing in that one, Orland? Yeah. So basically, I went. Um, I've never been in Genoa, so I went for a walk in Old Town. Uh, by myself in the morning, but it was too hot, so I just took the tram back, you know, the metro back, and then uh, called up Jason, went for some pesto with Jason because we didn't have enough the day before, and then me and Jason got properly wasted and played the scrying tournament, <laughs> Re really wasted, and it was amazing um, to to just enjoy enjoy the tournament. Yeah, I mean, Scryings is something I played obviously a lot around Noobcom and kind of had prepared for playing it at Noobcom. And there were just so many different deck options. Um, I think it was often maybe compared to old school, committed old school, it's find, can find it a bit overwhelming. 
just because there's so many different ways you can go. But um, what were you playing in the event? I played in Scryings, I played Dreadnought, uh, but not like the controlist Dreadnought. I played a 12 bolt version of Dreadnought oh, nice. with eight togs. Um, so I had some other use for the artifacts as well. So I finished Mediocre Tree 2. But you're playing Illusionary Mask and stuff like yeah, that? Illusionary so, yeah, Illusionary Mask, Phyrex and Dreadnought, 8 Tog, 10 Bolts, um, um, Latinum's Legacy to shuffle away the unused usable cards. Forsaken Wastes in the sideboard. So, I mean, it's, um, it's a decent deck and I think I spent like 5 minutes building it. I should have spent like an hour building <laughs> it and maybe I would go for one, um, I think. But you did you base it of some deck or did you no, just like no. okay I, or I based it off an Atog deck basically mm -hmm. so I took an Atog deck added illusionary masks and red knots and started cutting cards. But how did you feel with like Atog and illusionary mask and like because I never, you, did, did I never you put in some Atogs with illusionary mask or <laughs> no yeah I, I did that but it's like it's it's so weird like. Mm -hmm. um, but the the thing is, like Atog at least can eat the masks if you don't have any dreadnought, and yeah. can eat the dreadnought if you don't have a mask. So that was my idea. So for those who don't know it, you you name a monocost, right? And you claim to put that card, or, or yeah. you put the card upside down, or how does it work? More yeah, exactly? you put it in as a two-two, basically. Even more. Mm essentially yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Be beta version of morphing <laughs> yeah so so and then when it gets tapped um it uh, it um, receives damage um and i think when it blocks um it um it flips over so, so when you, you can... tap when you, when it taps and when it get damage get dealt with. yeah not okay. not targeted so you can still terror it Mm -hmm. Even though it's an artifact, ah, okay, That's but nice. you can't you can't lightning bolt it as it's twelve twelve. So mm. yeah, and so, you can't yeah. you can't uh, like disenchant or shatter it or anything like that either. No, uh, uh, until it until it uh, flips over. So so yeah, I had to explain that to a couple of persons <laughs> in the tournament to mm -hmm. some Italians, and it was interesting. Um, <laughs> but I think the most interesting thing uh, was played by Brian of the, the, the Brit from Britain. He played Living Plane with Simoon. Oh, wow. Ooh, yeah, yeah. So S Simoon uh, is an uh, instant for green and red, or is it sorcery? I can't remember. But it deals one damage to, to each uh, of your opponent's creatures. So play a Living Plane and Simoon and kill all their lands. Mm. <laughs> that, that, I don't know how he finished, but... Uh, it's a great. Uh, I wish I thought of that because I have living planes. Yeah. So. yeah, that's a that's a classic kind of Brian kind of deck. I mean, I, I've actually haven't seen him play living plane before, um, but he's just the sort of person person would have living planes and yeah, <laughs> would would run something that's a little bit quirky. But you know, I guarantee you, he would have enjoyed every moment of the no doubt couple of wins he uh, he picked up with that. Yeah, but did you like keep track of how much you paid with Dices or something with Illusionary Mask? No, I mean it was yeah. like I played like at most one creature at a time, so I just yeah. said I'll pay one blue and put this face down the next turn when I attack with the twelve twelve. So yeah, like yeah, whatever. But like I just want to ask you about the Scrying's tournament overall. Uh, 
would you say like you played uh, Latam's Legacy? That's a really good card, right? Still, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, and you had some Forsaken Wastes in the uh, sideboard. Yeah, in the sideboard. How did, did those work for you? Did you I use never, them or? I never played against control, so I never boarded them in. Okay. Mm. Uh, and except for the Simoon Living Plane, did you see any other? Like, did you see what decks were most played or anything? No, there was not. Like, but the the sad part was the finals had zero uh, strange cards in. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. Uh, so it was Leo Bruder who won with his robots list, and he was like, oh, I looked through scryings, and nothing made my deck better, so I just ran my 75. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's typical Leo. Leo's I still think a, a couple of Latham's legacy is always good, I guess. But So yeah, so yeah I, 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 played against, I played against two blue-red counterburns with like Goblin Vandals, like my Noobcom one deck. I played against a blue-white control mill deck. I have no idea what screens cards that ran. River Disco and a Sioux deck. So, I mean, I didn't play against any. Except for the River Disco, I didn't play against any screens decks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. like It's a decent add-on for the Disco decks, I guess. Having another reiterational creature that's actually good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really... The Island Walk is really good. Yeah. Uh, and it's a great two drop that we don't have that many of those either in old school otherwise, I guess. I remember playing uh, Florian in Noobcom and he was just punching me in the nuts with river boas. Uh, he was, yeah, it was <laughs> so, he had a, a, a river boa, like berserk kind of deck. Yeah. Really, okay. yeah, really annoying. And yeah, that card, uh, that card's really strong. Uh, so maybe we should leave the scryings to to the the history of the scryings and head into did, did anything else happen on Friday that did you guys uh, get to the site or anything like that stuff? Uh, no, we didn't. We just stayed we stayed away. I mean, we were we were out reasonably late, but I think like in particular, like Will had come a long way and he was kind of pretty zoned in on trying to do the best he could. Over the weekend, mm -hmm. um, I think those guys, yeah, the, the flights to Genoa from the United States are not. Like, there's a few connections involved. It's not like a direct flight or anything. So yeah. I think everyone was kind of. We had a few drinks and then yeah, just, just went to bed at a reasonably sensible time, ready mm -hmm. for the uh, the day ahead on on Saturday. Yeah, um, I think uh, several people just dropped from the Scrangs tournament and went to sleep. Like Andy and MG dropped. Me and. Jason and Reindeer got really wasted um, <laughs> the day before the main event. It's like extremely wasted. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great day because it was like thirty or forty people in in the in the place. You don't mm. want the first day to be hundred twenty people. Yeah, it's it's a nice start, I guess. For a, I, yep. I like having the. It, it's not like that with Noobcon. There usually some things around Noobcon, but it's not like a whole weekend in that sense. It has become it more and more, and there's a bunch of tournaments, but everything happens basically on the same day there, uh, anyhow, uh, on the site at least. Uh, so I kind of dig having more of a... There's usually artists there. Was there an art artist there now also? No, uh, there were oh, four, okay. but there were four traders. Yeah, so. were, mm. the traders really yeah. like some of the Italian traders are you know amongst the most 
famous traders in the world and certainly mm. in Europe. Uh, so there was some really amazing, amazing stuff there. And I mean, you could pretty much get anything, I'm sure, if you were asking the right people. Um, mm. So that was really great. And then Alvin and Mitra were there. Um, was, was they sort of tend to be at a lot of events and they were doing doing great service. I, I picked up a few cards from them um, as well as a few from the, the Italian guys that I'd never, I'd sort of seen them online, but I'd never, never seen them like in person before. So that was, yeah, that was really cool to see what they had. Did you decide Sabo on your deck and everything like that for the main event? Yeah, sure. Well, Shall I read out what it what it was? Um, that be uh, helpful. Yeah, or, or like you can also also tell me what if you were thinking about playing something else. Oh, okay. Well, so um, so in terms of I hadn't played a lot of old school constructed this year. I played a like mm -hmm. a line dip bolt at NewCon, which went. I started four zero and then ran into some people that actually knew how to play play magic essentially so i was i did get to the top table and then just slid back and finished four three with Ireland uh, crushing my soul in, in the last round in pretty brutal fashion um so i was kind of like maybe not thinking of playing that exact like uh, like a burn this this time around but over the summer like motties and serras have become very popular compared to i mean serra's always a good card right but even more popular than and good than usual um and i guess there's this um like the deck i ended up playing in the final kind of like bb8 kind of like robots and burn kind of thing which is also very aggressive kind of scary um that i suppose is like the new the new tech so i kind of mm -hmm. wanted something that was reasonably versatile against like burn decks and kind of could deal with i guess deal with robots um and then i mean I, Nowadays, like the deck is maybe moving away from the abyss to playing like moats and serras, or kind of being a bit more kind of big, big blue skies with like deck yeah, like more mid range, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So, kind of wanted something that was reasonably, I guess, kind of like reasonably adaptable to all of those things, and it seemed, um, seemed like where I kind of settled on. It was broadly my plan. You know, you know, kind of from an early stage, I was like, okay, I think something like this is going to work. Um, and I kind of just, I didn't do too much kind of testing. Well, I tested a bit with um, with Jordan Boyle, because um, he's just amazing at, at magic, and ran a few ideas past Brother Ben, more on like sideboarding. Um, but mm -hmm. broadly, it was kind of like, I think this will work, and we maybe changed like two cards from the kind of initial you know, concept in the main deck um, and the 75. Uh, yeah to what, what the final deck was, really. Um, but the basic idea, I suppose, was... Um, so it's playing four... Maybe it's a good moment just to run through it, if you're cool with that. Yeah. Yeah, so we have... 
The mana base is four factories, strip mine and library, two, uh, one basic island, two basic plains, two cities of brass, three underground seas, four tundra, one scrubland, and then the moxen, soul ring and lotus. Then creatures, we've got four savannah lions, four suchi, three Sarah angel, and we've got four counter spell, three disenchant, one divine offering, four swords of plowshares, two psionic blasts, one city in a bottle, one chaos orb, one balance, then mind twist, DT, Ancestral, Time Walk, Mana Drain, and Brain Geezer. And then the sideboard is one more bottle, two Gem Day Tome, a third Side Blast, two Control Magic, three Blue Blast, three Terror, one Disenchant, and two more Divine Offerings. So a pretty, like, I like it's just, sort of just solid, like it does a bit of everything. It's got lots mm -hmm. of answers to various things. But the main, I suppose, ideas were, there's a lot of X4s that blank, bolts and so they need to two for one to deal with Suchi or Serra. Uh, mm. Those cards can trade with those cards are good against dibs, they can trade against themselves if you know if you face another kind of Serra deck if you like. Um, and then if you're not playing any scimitars, save for a few lands, you can run a bottle no dibs, so you can run a bottle main, another bottle in the yeah. board. And then as you as you're playing a bit more black than like a classic kind of louter list. So you can you can add. Well, I wanted to play Terrors. I'm really like I think this started from lots of people are playing Mottis and Serras. So I think Terror is now as well positioned as it's ever going to be. And I know mm -hmm. Svanta mm -hmm. Landgraf's a big sort of Terror proponent, but you kind of need a few things, right? So Terror is not going to get it done on its own. You still need the side blast. You still need the swords. Probably still need a bottle. Um, but the most of the list is is pretty stock apart from that. That's the kind of inflection, mm -hmm. I guess, of um, individuality of such thing can be said. Yeah. What What would you say, Orlan? Is, is would you agree that it's like usually you see maybe dibs instead of lions, and it's a uh, like flyers, but here we have the suits in main. We we see the seventy five cards, but we I haven't really seen this um, like main board that many times. Yeah, I mean, the Suchis is, is the replacement for the Dibs, obviously. Um, mm. And I really like the Suchis. Um, mm. They're so good. And I mean, it's also like if you play against Blood Moon, I mean, you're pretty good against Blood Moon anyway, but you have the Suchis instead of the Dibs or whatever. So, so yeah, I really like this. And, and I've been a proponent for Terror for a long time, <laughs> and I'm glad that people actually started playing it. I played two in my troll disco deck as well so it's also good against trolls and yeah, it's everything really good against so trolls, yeah yeah and I, I guess why you're, you're you're already playing the four uh, source of pleasure main and you can't really play moat with suchis and lions and you can't play abyss either <laughs> that's why you you actually can have three of them in the sideboard but maybe you should as you mentioned like how good it is at this point if people are playing Cyrus and Mountainous and whatever, maybe a miser is cool in the cyborg. People have been playing Divine Offerings in cyborg for ages now uh, and Control Magic, but Terror is kind of neat against many cards that you might not think of at first. Yeah, and we saw, I think I saw Christian Reinhardt playing it in, at some point during the tournament. I think it's definitely, you know, I wasn't the only, you know, other than Arland and a few other uh, Greybeards. Um, I'm thinking. I'm sure other people had switched on to the fact that it was a good time to mm. to try it out. Um, but yeah, it seemed to it, it lined up well. Um, I mean, maybe three is still 
maybe it's actually two is like the best number, but it sort of it seemed to seem to work. And there were definitely a few moments where I was terroring stuff. Equally, I got my own terrors terrored a few times. But yeah, I like the fact yeah. that you know if you can line up the you know the idea is basically you get some early pressure with a lion. You then got counter spells, and you can kind of sit behind your early pressure and then ideally you know throw some restricted cards when the opponent's uh, you know not expecting it i guess but what i quite like is yeah it's got an answer main deck to the abyss to moat to all the sort of standard things that people and you know obviously blanked bottle all the sort of standard mm. things that people use to try and sort of take you down um it, it, if you get the right the right stuff in your hand you can just kind of naturally get around it and then you do have counter spells if um, if you need, um, so yeah, yeah it, it's kind of like quite adaptable in that sense, which is like, I, I I find really good. It's adaptable adaptable in that sense that you have books in the sideboard. You have already have like the control package, but you're, I think, more aggressive, uh, of course. Yeah, <laughs> than other versions of this deck, and that's really neat because. Sometimes you get in the weird spot where you need to sit up with a counter spell because you're afraid of mind twist or whatever, and you have all these clunky five drops or and stuff like that. Uh, Lion is pretty neat to to actually have something out doing something <laughs> while you're adapting the game. Yeah, I mean, I think lions like obviously there's, I mean, they've been played in in big tournament winning decks for a long time, right? But there's obviously that they die to pretty much everything but yeah they're very very efficient and you just don't really have anything else with doing on, on turn one unless you get a mox and you want to like hold up a disenchant or maybe a counter spell or something so you get a sapphire mm. so yeah i think it seems seems to work out okay big yeah it's just a shame my um my best lions uh i mean i was running a unlimited set but i know um i seth's got a lovely set of summer lions and i think uh, simon mm. christie might have picked one up there the big misprint collectors so yeah i need to mm -hmm. need to pick some up to add to my uh add to my collection maybe now i've uh, used them so successfully what, what, what do you want do you want a summer or you want some a... summer ones would be good i've got some black border mm -hmm. ones that tend to not not uh come on my uh, travels anymore but yeah it'd be nice okay. to be nice to get some more, <laughs> more for the collection uh, i do love for I do love them for the listeners who are actually packing uh this seems to be the flavor of the month having a weird sarah angel miscut misprint uh, and you have a is it revised? Yeah, it's yeah, it's a revised. Uh, well, it's an N NFC. It's like a four-way NFC, so it's kind of just slightly off, off center. So you can mm. see like three other, like the card on the sheet that would be like to the left or to the right of it, I suppose, from our perspective, and then the two cards above it. Um, yeah, a bit different. Mm. I love all those kind of you know quirky, unusual cards. Because Orlan, you got to play your your. Weird Sarah Angel for the first tournament, I guess. Yeah, yeah, the time elemental one. I actually tried to buy more, but none of the dealers had had them because I mm -hmm. would easily have bought two more if the dealers had them. Yeah, uh, and then I played a Japanese one and an Italian one. Is it so? so this is one of each. <laughs> this is part of your semi pimp, Orleans. Yeah, yeah. So I tried to play a lot of Italian cards uh, going to Italy and. I think some of the Italians appreciated seeing some Italian cards like City of Brass and Chain Lightnings and uh, Lightning Bolt and so, mm. so yeah. Um, I'm I, I'm a proponent for having those types of cards also when you're when you're able to play them. It's nice. They're darker, right? Usually. 
have a nice. Yeah, yeah. they look like four, fourth edition uh, prints more. Mm. Uh, I really like the Italian legends colors actually compared to the English. Um, mm. Yeah, and like you look at the colors of like an underground, like the foreign white border, foreign black border, underground seas. Like they're really, yeah, like underground seas is a great example. I think because it's the the land is just so much more vibrant, like the the palette. Mm. Um, yeah, I think the print they clearly refined the printing process a little bit, and then uh, yeah, I don't really know what happened with revised. But never mind. Uh, and like while we're at what you were playing, Orlando, did you also play some lions? Those were also. Yeah, so I basically played exactly Simon Christie's list. Um, mm -hmm. My reasoning behind that is like I played this deck a lot, but uh, I also streamed four of Simon Christie's matches during the summer derby playoffs, and then we did the podcast. So I kind of felt into this list, like yeah, it was in my head already. So. And I think you usually say that. If we do a deck on the, on the podcast, you, you put it on your bucket list to play it yep, at least yep. once. So you did that. And you did not do bad either. No, I uh, I lost to Stebo and, and another guy in the top eight. So I, I went 5-2 and finished 11th place. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm okay uh, with that. I was watching from home since I, since I didn't go. Uh, and... Uh, I were following your run along and I told, uh, I don't remember who it was, maybe Hank or someone that you probably thought it was nice to, it's at least I would think it's nicer to not make top eight or like lose or sit. It's, it's nice to know that you can relax if you did as good as you actually did anyhow. But how did you feel about the, your run in the tournament overall? No, I think... I think it was great. Uh, I mean, I played, mm. I played some great players. I played some great decks, and I played some bad decks, <laughs> or, and I played some fun decks. So I mean, I had a great day. And then, obviously, there was uh, several people I rooted for in the top eight. So so I mean, it was all in all uh, a top day. And as I said, I, if I can't win the shark, I'm really happy that Stebo wins the shark. So. Mm. Hmm. Stebas put in the, the time and the effort to actually be a part of the community and build something and then you deserve a shark, in yes. my opinion. I couldn't agree more. I was rooting for you the whole, like, all the games I got to watch uh, Stebo. So That's very kind. Maybe, may, maybe that uh, would, that gets us into the actual tournament. Uh, before we go there, I also want to ask uh, Olan, like... You would clearly not change anything in the uh, Lion Dib Zoo, Fantasy Zoo here, the Simon Zoo. You have an, your own version. What did you uh, do? I mean, it, it's like what you want is you want a Brain Geyser and an Armageddon in the main deck, but it's. Okay. He's having them in the sideboard. He's having one. Yeah, it's, but it's kind of impossible to fit them. I mean, I can't, you can yeah. cut one of the burn spells to get in one of those cards, but yeah, I don't hmm. know. It's, it's it's too hard. Uh, I think I'm, I think I'm kind of done with this deck. I don't think I don't see me changing anything big in this list anymore. Yeah, but those are the usual things that you are you're you're having them main maybe instead of in the sideboard. That's basically it. So, talk us 
through what happened during uh, Saturday, Stavo? Well, so in terms of my matches, it was actually a really nice mixture of playing, you know, you come all this way to Italy. I played a few kind of Italian kind of regulars, I guess, uh, kind of local guys and also some of the, the bigger guys from there, from like the overall old school scene, as well as some real just just legends from uh you know just great guys from the the old school community you know that i've seen it see at many events so my first first round was against a blue red unpowered deck from a guy called giovanni who's a local uh, local player um, and i think we suspected a lot of this this was the classic and absolutely um you know some people don't have power i think it's a good good way to go it's just the sort of yeah blue red blood moon dibs mm. uh, and just sort of making making the most of the you know raw power in those colors um it was able to yeah sometimes you're steamrolling the, those decks but sometimes they land a blood moon or have like the they, they're still having quick uh, they have a clock i guess yeah right? exactly and i think actually Anyhow. i was i was able to in one of the matches he went like turn one soul ring or something and yeah. i blew it up <laughs> and he was like oh i had a blood moon next turn and you know, yeah. I was then able to kind of like resolve something, then like counterspell the Blood Moon, and it's just one of those things where the I'm laughing because every time you're playing against an unpowered deck and they have a turn one Blood Moon, it feels somewhat like they are cheating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm not expecting you to be quick here, so. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, that was a close call. Um, yeah, we managed to mm. to get past that one, Reds of the Unscathed. I also then, so I then played a guy called Andy, who I believe was playing his first old school events uh, he was playing what we call dfb green uh, the kind of so i guess it's also and maybe he had like one mox but it was essentially like a kind of mono green uh a bit of black, black. Bit of, you know yeah. weenie assaults um lots of yeah lots of potentially really tricky interactions there around for example like scavenger folk lines up really well mm. against suchi um he i think he had urnums but you know sometimes they don't run urnums so the city in the bottle is like a blank um, yeah, but sometimes we see spitting slugs. Sometimes we see urnums. Yeah, I guess. exactly. And it's a funny yeah. one because I'm mean, I'm not playing any board sweepers other than the balance, uh, mm. and sort of it kind of means if he kind of gets a lot of early pressure, and I'm kind of just sat yeah. there with like disenchants and counter spells, my lions are going to yeah, die, die quite quickly. Yeah, exactly. Like main board, you you basically have the source of pleasures and two uh, of the psionic blast. So. That, that that's a problem if the board gets cluttered yeah you're not really you you still have the seven angels i guess but yeah <laughs> well this is it and i think actually both the games pretty much came down to this was a 2-0 win and but pretty much both matches were i got a sarah down at some point you know stabilized and then was able to you know he would then try and giant growth the creature to trade or to kill my sarah and then i was sort of yeah. in response to the giant growth sourcing like at the right moment to take the creature mm. out that was gonna gonna deal with my sarah uh and and that was kind of that was that essentially is that because the sarah angel you know it's just so when it gets going against those kind of decks it's just so powerful um yeah so that was so that was a good good start and then we kind of upped the i suppose the difficulty in terms of sort of because you're you're too Oh, no. So 2-0 and starting to kind of, you know, drift towards the top. So the next match was against a guy called Luigi. And, and like before we go through that, oh, it's, yeah. it's seven rounds, right? Yeah, seven rounds. Uh, and you're able to maybe lose one? Is that... Um, probably losing one. I think you've probably like 
if you'd be in at X1 and maybe like one person at X2 or two people would get in. So it just sort of depends yeah. on breakers and, you mm. know, sometimes you get something weird where someone's got like five wins, two draws, and they get in instead of, you know, or four wins and three draws or something crazy. Like those kind of like people sometimes screw up the maths a little bit. So what actually happened was that um, it was a clean cut with um, f uh, six ones and five one ones got in. Mm -hmm. and everyone at 5-2 missed. Yeah. Okay. Well, could have sometimes been... Yeah, I mean, it depends like it, it depends. It, it depends on if there are draws or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, if there were no draws, a 5-2 yeah. might have gotten in. So I see. And, like, before we move on to your third round, uh, Ola, you've been playing a bunch of DFB green. Uh, is that also a good starting deck, would you say, if you... Because this guy, uh, Andy G, or it, it, it was his like first event. But if you're starting out, I mean, you, have, you need the Bayous, I guess, or expensive. But you I mean, you can, you, can, then, you can start out with playing it mono green, um, mm. and then add the Bayous. And I actually cut my black mocks from the list because I mm -hmm. think it's mm. I think also the Deep Shadow, the fourth one, is better than the black mocks in the deck. Mm. So get a green, get a Chaos Orb. And then get the get the sit in a bottle, and then get the 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 other stuff. So yeah, you need some sitting in a bottle, right? You're playing two. Maybe yeah, you two. Play, okay. yeah, you definitely have a couple. But yeah, most of the list yeah. uh, is very inexpensive, and probably the only like kind of vaguely they're not that expensive, but just sort of difficult to source card is probably Ice Storm, just because it's only been printed in like well A, B, and U. Um, yeah, but like an unlimited ice storm was maybe like thirty euros or something. They're not exactly. I, I think this is the best crazy. land destruction deck there yeah. is. There, there's no contender. Sinkholes in mono black can do stuff, but it's so good with uh, combining it with uh, winter orbs, and you have everything is so clean. Everything has a purpose. Even Mace of It, you. I would never come to think how good Mace of It can be. Yeah. Uh, for you, in, you're playing yeah, I mean, an aggressive it's a, green deck. Why? Why would you play that? But it's, it's it's essential. I mean, the games where you have a Mace of It compared to where you don't have it is so different. And mm. Yeah, and it's so it's a nice deck, uh, and but you managed to squeeze out a <laughs> uh, two. Series. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Ha I think one of the traps against that deck you can run into is if you're too aggressive and they uh, ice storm a land, then you activate a factory and they crumble it and. Mm. I just was you able to, yeah, and you, you're suddenly left with like no mana, and they can just like you know mm. trample over you. So I was able to avoid that, uh, thankfully. Um, yeah, and the next mm. um, next round was against a kind of a bit of an unusual deck actually. I suspect he may one of the reasons this this guy was also two zero coming into this round is just something that you wouldn't see very often. So maybe people aren't that familiar of how to deal with it, but it was like a Ponza Black Vice deck that also had kind of four colors, so it had. Um, nether voids as well so it was flashing a bit of black mm. so i had like birds of paradise um and yeah it was a guy called luigi who's from a uh, shout out to the, the the from the the well the vienna lions i guess would be like the, the vienna crew um and they were just uh great guys over the weekend um as i was just 2-1 it was pretty first couple games were quite close and i was able to kind of figure out my sideboarding for game three uh you know and they're sort of throwing in as much kind of early hate as I could essentially to kind of not let him settle into a pattern of just sort of blowing up my lands and, and taxing me. 
Um, so I was able to get there. Um, but yeah, the Vienna guys, there's a nice story actually on the, so on the Monday, so Jonas and I stayed and, and DFB and Will actually, we stayed in uh, Italy for a couple of days after the tournament. And so Jonas bumped into these guys doing some sightseeing on, on the Monday and talk about your kind of local, local expertise. Jonas went out for lunch with them and he was saying that they were you know, super generous, like insisted on picking up the, the tab for lunch, which you know they certainly didn't need to do. But also yeah, they were able really to nice. ask around, like they're basically asking people on the street, like, oh, in Italian, obviously, like, where's the best place mm. for pesto? Like, you know, where's a good place for lunch? Uh, and we mm. and they they got a couple of um, really nice recommendations, um, and so we're able to find a great place that you know you potentially wouldn't have, be able to do if you were just looking on on Google or whatever. Um, so that was um, isn't that it was really nice? Isn't it the Venetian lions? Because we have lions of Vienna, and then we have the Venetian lions. Sorry, I'm, yeah, I'm meaning Venice. Yes, Venetian lions. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah so, so we have two lion crews with start with V. So, it's, so yeah, sorry. So it's the Italian version. <laughs> the also. Italian, yeah, the Italian, uh, yeah, the Venetian lions. Thank you, thank you, Olens. Uh, <laughs> I've even got Vienna. It's, it's terrible. It's, I've got Vienna written in my notes. Yeah, uh, on a note of that, like it's. Uh, um, when we were, uh, this is just sidestepping, but it's it's kind of the same. But when we were traveling home, uh, the plane uh, we were flying to Munich, but it's at Monaco. It's like okay. what the what is going on here? <laughs> but actually, uh, in Italian, Munich is Monaco. There's two different Monacos. That's so weird in in Europe. Wow. I had no idea, but I thought, ah, they they wrote it wrong, but they mm. didn't. I googled it, and it's like. If you Google like what Munich is in Italian, it's Monaco, Monaco. and then something else afterwards. So what do they call Monaco? Like they call it Monaco de something, and then the other Monaco Monaco de something. Uh. So, so it's, I mean, it's 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 easy to get lost with these translations of uh, of places around the world. So Vienna and, and Venice, like, I mean, it's, and they're both lions. Yeah, so, I mean, I, yeah. I I probably that's. That's probably borderline unforgivable, but I at least you can you can see where my where my head was at. But uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, and they're both great. You great mentioned crews. it being four color Ponza, Netherwise, some vices. Were, were there any more like did creatures or? Well, this is the th like birds, but what's the what's the wing cons except for the vices? I think it was pretty much vices and maybe some bolts. Um, I was okay. expecting more creatures, and this is how I lost game yeah. two. Uh, so I won game mm -hmm. one, I was thinking, right, great, you know, got my swords already and so on. Um, but then essentially nothing, he didn't play anything that I could destroy. Uh, and I got kind of essentially trapped under a couple of vices. And yeah, it's a, it's a quick clock when they're blowing up your lands and you haven't got, you know, you sink coal something early, uh, then you can't, you know, you offer counterspell mana and then it's, um, yeah, it's, it can be bad news. Um, but it was a good... Mm. Yeah, good close close couple of games, and I think the third game, the the deck kind of on the play, I was able to get like a really aggressive start, and yeah, it was mm. yeah, it was no match, and and then uh, from that, so three zero, you know, good start. Um, I was yeah. in against Jason Schwartz, uh, you know, absolute legend of the of the community, who was playing a kind Indeed. of rug. Uh, I call it Rug Landgraf, um, or Rug Landgraf, uh, like Svanter's take on on Rug with um, Pixies Orcs. and yeah, just a bunch of great cards in those those colours. 
Okay, not the orcs. Uh, okay, the pixies. The is it lean? Is it uh, script sprites or? I think you had a couple of yeah, a couple of. I don't know if I saw. Maybe only in one game I saw some script sprites. And I think he had four script sprites because yeah. he also think he played some flying men, and that would seem that he would play four script sprites. Mm. So very um, yeah, very low to the ground. Um, yeah, aggro list, mm. uh, but it was able to, to edge edge them out, um, edge out Jason. And I'm fairly sure they were pretty. I was to briefly consult my notes. Um, it would tell me that yeah, I think in both games I was just able to kind of stabilize at the right. You know, when you've got like a couple of counters or you're just just about kind of on top of the situation. Because um, obviously his removal was a little bit less effective against me than it would be against um, certain other players. Um, I'm pretty sure I got a bottle down at a decisive point in one game as well. Um, so, so yeah, it was another close game. It's nice to play a few friends. Like The worst thing is when you travel all that way and then you get paired against your, your buddy from the plane or whatever in, in round one. Mm. Um, but it's good to play against yeah. friends at some point in the tournament. So that was a really nice one. Um, mm. And then... And then, then you get to play against some horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, the worst. Well, all, you, can't, you can't have it all. Olin's been the worst for me recently because for a long time we had a joke that I always beat him in these tournaments. I beat him in Newcom mm-hmm. one or two, um, maybe both even. Um, but uh, I had a good run against Olin, but variance is a thing. So starting in um, at Paladins of the North uh, in uh, Groningen, Olin's had a, a hot streak against me. So yeah, naturally, okay. I'm thinking, yeah, but, oh no, well, the uh, you know this this curse, uh, you know, because Orlan told before your game, he says, oh, I'm playing Sabo, and I says, oh, your nemesis, <laughs> <laughs> like regards to you guys always meeting each other, and I remember at least Orlan had had a problem at some t- point, <laughs> but maybe you got too loose, Orlan, you didn't, yeah. you, d- you weren't as sharp anymore, you were too relaxed. Yeah, I mean, no, uh, and to be honest, like I. I was just enjoying myself. We sat at table one. Mm-hmm. Um, that was sweet. Yeah, so that bo- both of you are 4-0 at, yeah. uh, at this point, yeah? Yeah, it was a good. It's yeah. always, well, we've always, I think long before I really knew who Orlan was, we played a, a randomly a GP side event for Old School in, in Birmingham. And, you know, big respect for him kind of traveling to the UK to play in Old School events. I think possibly before the maybe the first year the Brothers of Fire was a thing. Yeah, we're talking yeah. a long like five at least five years ago now. Um, so obviously we've gotten to know each other a lot a lot better over the you know the years since. Um, so yeah, it's always always a tough game. Um, but this one, I just you know the all those games where just like the cards just came came out in my favour. So I was able to break crucially break the curse, and now we're we're back at kind of square one with a. Yeah, we're all sort of on, on as even. No, no curses, no hot streaks. Um, but yeah, got the win, two zero. Yeah, I don't Very think Orlan. Sadly, he did not write anything dumb uh, on, when he lost. He was too happy. But <laughs> otherwise, I could have told you some some delicious gossip about what what how how he felt shortened and. The the win were surely his in the grasp if I only had these and all of that. But I mean, no. <laughs> I guess if this was like a sucky tournament with uh, bad organization and it was boring, mm-hmm. I would maybe have 
Britain something. But mm. I mean, I had a great time. Yeah. Even losing, like we enjoyed. I mean, the, our <laughs> table neighbors were watching a, a football game on the phone while yeah. playing at table two. It's like mm. this is like. It was so the whole weekend was so surreal, like in everything. Yeah. Everyone was so nice all the time as well. Like Yeah, there was no mm. there were only a few, you know, not that you get that in the community, but there are only a few kind of stories of people like doing anything vaguely underhand. Um where normally there's there's normally a bit more kind of needle to these events. Yeah, mm. it was everyone was in a great mood. Um like everybody was super like all the Italian players I played against seemed sort of you know very happy that you sort of made the trip and were, were kind of impressed um, which, uh, that you, you, we'd come all this way and maybe uh, for certain people it's yeah it's just a nice nice thing that they get this this tournament and something to celebrate which is really great mm. but yeah it's quite surreal playing and trying to play a match whilst other people are watching a, watching a football game it was the Milan derby um, and I didn't really realise we, we were close to Milan but there were a lot the, of the, this is against Andrea Morone yeah. So and well, he yeah. was he was on table two. Um, in and you're five zero at this. Point. Yeah, yeah. So in the previous yeah. in the round against before that match, um, the round against Ireland, they were watching, essentially the first half of this this game. So then I played Andrea in, in round six, and he was kind of like, "Well, I need to finish this match." Um, but fair play to him because he um he out he out muscled me. He was on the deck, a classic you know, fluffy build of the deck and just, um, mm -hmm. yeah, out-muscled me and was able to leverage those spots where he can play a bunch of restricted cards. And he, he just had the had the cards, essentially, where he could leverage those restricted cards, counter my counters, and then, like, do some busted stuff. And he did all this yeah. whilst watching the final minutes of uh, of his beloved <laughs> AC Milan beating Inter. I think it was that way around, anyway. Um <laughs> I probably if he's an Inter fan, massively insulted him. But yeah, and it just said a lot to that match. And I, I it was one of those games, and I feel this is kind of nice when you're in a tournament and you know X one will will probably get you in the top eight. That this was mm -hmm. my loss. That I was just never in those games for a second. And maybe I yeah. should have mulliganed more aggressively. But I, you know, then again, it's about card advantage. But yeah, yeah I just felt I I felt kind of quite sort of at peace with the way it had gone, just because. I, yeah, it was just like a solid crushing, and there was nothing really I'd done like wrong or mistakes I'd made. It was just like, well, sometimes I think the angle was he played a time walk, then played an ancestral, and we've done draw go mm -hmm. for a long time, so probably I should have kept a hand with more creatures or something. But you obviously want to mm -hmm. counter an ancestral, and then he's got like a demonic tutor, and then combined twist you next turn, so time walk turn then takes effect, and it's just one of those things where it's like, well, that's just just unfortunate, and you know you. On Andrea's side, he was patient enough, and people were saying he's. A, I think he was a, one of the classic mold of guys that used to play Legacy and Vintage back in the day, <laughs> and so had then played old school, kind of on the side yeah. for eight years. But they were a true but, Mox. You know, they've been playing different formats with Moxes in before that, and that kind of thing. Mm, like I, when we talked with when me and Orland talked with uh, Simon about like the Fantasy Zoo deck, he felt a bit favored against the deck. Maybe, what? How do you feel with? Uh, your yes, deck. we haven't. You haven't called it a name, but <laughs> well, I, d I don't know if it's for for me to to name it. I mean, I think the best idea mm -hmm. I had was so you could call it. So you got Savannah Lions, Suchis, and Sarahs. So you could call it something like mm -hmm. Triple S, something like that, or Suchis and Sarahs, mm -hmm. or something something like that. Maybe I don't know. But it's not mm -hmm. for me to 
I don't know. I don't know if it's in old school. It's maybe more that people name name decks for them, but that's what I would call it. Um, and LCS works. Stebo is also a, exactly. A, yeah, it's a literal. So it also starts with an so, S. Uh, big big S, small <laughs> there you S, go. a lot of S's. So okay. against the but, against the to answer yeah. your question on the yeah the deck matchup, I think is probably pretty close. Like there's a lot of there's obviously a lot of similar cards like the. A lot of my creatures are quite slow, and so it's that classic thing where against mid, like if it's quite mid, quite a mid rangey kind of draw that you get, the deck can just take control of the game before you can slam your Sarahs and your, your Suchis down or whatever. Um, so I think a lot comes down to how much early pressure you can get with with lines and disenchants. Yeah. I think probably if I was changing the sideboard, I'd maybe like in my mind I was thinking oh, I can bring the tomes in against the deck and try and like go a bit more controlling. But I think that might be mm-hmm. I might keep the tomes for like the mirror and for other matchups, but I think I'd try and mm-hmm. find a couple of slots for I mean maybe Armageddon's probably a bit of a push, but maybe like a dust to dust or just a couple more things. Yeah, to... You're not playing dust to dust at this moment, but no. maybe that would give you some edge. Or maybe but... power sinks or something, just another counter spell could be useful or flash counter. Um just just something that gives you a bit more sort of a I bit think more what's stake. really nice w- with your deck is that you have such a nice uh, like <laughs> with, with, with fancy Sue you don't have that a good mana base but you have a really good like you can usually play all your spells so dust to dust would probably you you can probably be able to play it mm. but then again you're not playing red so I don't know how much uh, red elemental glass would matter yeah it's kind of nice in a counterspell war, I guess. Uh, so and like you don't have that much burn. It's for me playing your type of deck against a control deck. If they get like a hold of you just once, you you're not really able to close out uh, like with damage because you need the creatures. Basically, you have two off the sideboard, maybe three. Sonic Blast, but that's usually the last damage is hard to come by. But yeah. if you're playing Fancy Sue, you can just like start burning, <laughs> shipping away, and just hope, like, okay, it will take time for the deck to win. So I'm just going to throw damage at you, and you don't have that many counter spells, and hopefully that not, not that much life. Yeah, this uh, is but... this is it. It's um, it is hard, as you say, to to kind of squeeze those last points out. Um, I found that in the other other games I've had against the deck as we went mm. through the tournament. But I don't know, like the deck similarly, you know, the the deck can only play ultimately only what maybe it can board into maybe eight counters. I know you've probably got like Lemon Swords and Disenchants, but you can mm. to an extent you can you can still create some spots where you can like leverage a bit of pressure, but I think it's hard. I think it's probably, I don't think it's certainly, I don't feel like my deck would be favored. It's probably a 50, 50 or thereabouts. Mm. Um, it just comes down to the, the pilot and just a bit of, bit of fortune on, on either side. Um, but definitely these matches were just, I suppose the first encounter I'd had with the deck over the weekend. And it felt like the, yeah, the cards were just, really not in my favor and, and you're close to a yeah you're sort of five ten percent at that point um mm. maybe another one i could think about is adding a time twister in the 75 because then you can sort of maybe that's something you bring bring in yeah you're not playing time twister yeah well i i kind of guess that's also well s- since you're not playing all those lightning bolts another burn i guess that's yeah it's not way. as effective 
and obviously like i mean I, I don't know if that's correct but the twister you can at least rebuy some of your stuff but then they're rebuying their swords more of your stuff's getting exiled it's i know mm. it's probably not ideal but mm. yeah it's it's yeah. an interesting one i certainly think it's um yeah, it's gonna always gonna be a tough game against against the deck. Yeah, uh, like it's the deck, yeah. and you your your deck can't be win against all. So maybe you sh you can give up on some of those. <laughs> maybe you should just like okay, I'll I'll manage to win against lo the larger field, and if I meet the deck, then hopefully I draw a bunch of restricted cards and get away with it. Yeah, something like that. Well, that's probably what, to an extent, what what ended up happening. Um, but I think it's certainly, I don't know. It's just, I think you just have to say, okay, well, it's it's a fifty fifty, but we can at least do these things to, you know, you keep the right cards and so on. Like, don't keep bad hands. I think that probably kept one hand that was way too slow. Um, you mm. can, you can at least give yourself a yeah fighting chance. Um, but so at this point for me, so going into the last round, five and one, you know. Winning in time, um, and knowing pretty much. I think mean, my opponent was. Um, I think we were both a bit nervous, like you know, knowing it's kind of. This basically has got to be, it, it, yeah, it's it's got to be now. Um, I've got to make it happen. Mm. So I was playing against. Yeah, and both of you having great runs. You know that, it, you're close. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's again. <laughs> you're smelling the top. <laughs> it was at this point. Yeah, it was. I mean, and there there was also a bit of added tension as well because they did a re repairing. Um, so we were mm. so the repairings on the Teleria app, kind of Teleria app generally works is pretty well. But what's slightly, um, I suppose, kind of slightly counterintuitive is you don't know if so for this repairing we weren't actually repaired. So we'd drawn our seven and we're about to start, and then they said, "Hold on, guys, there's a repairing." You know, and you mm -hmm. don't get told, "Okay, repairing's happened," but you haven't. Your opponent hasn't changed. So we were kind of checking. Well. Is our app not refreshing, and we should be playing against someone else? Okay, and like because the, the clock's because running. you're paired against the same player. Yeah, exactly. So it was a yeah, bit, okay. <laughs> created a bit of like added, um, mm. added tension. Added tension. Yeah. <laughs> um, so against Nicholas from the uh, the team Urborg crew, Legion Urborg. Um, yeah, nice, really nice guy who's playing like a troll disco with um, with Sengears and and a lot of the usual stuff. So kind of a less, he had less blue than some of the troll disco lists you see. But um, yeah, it was a close game. Both games were, were close-ish, but I was able to, like, I think the, the probably the matchup is in, you're talking about like favour. I think I'm probably pretty favoured in that one just because you can generally deal with the discs. You've got counters. He's fairly mid-range-ish and like your swords are generally quite effective against um you know, trolls and, and send gears and so on. So, mm. so that ended up being in my favour, two uh, zero, which was which was great. I did manage to miss an orb flip at one point. It was pretty pretty embarrassing. It didn't end up end up costing me. Holland, did you miss any orb flips during the weekend? No. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but Good boy. Yeah. That's but yeah, my boy. I, I, I agree. I agree that you should be favoured against this. I mean, I played that troll thing a lot. I even tried this version with send gears, and it's like. Playing against white removal and counter spells is just mm. so so annoying. Um, yeah, and you, need, you really need you, you really need him to Torak. Yeah, and you I mean you have to. You're so slow, and your deck is even faster than faster than the deck in that way. You need to like be able to set up on every disc with a counter spell or a flash counter or something. 
to be able to to resolve it and it's yeah this is and then again rough. it's not that devastating for you Sebo usually since you don't have such a well it's not like you you have the I guess you can have a bunch of Moxen or whatever, but your deck is even playing Armageddon in the sideboard, so... No, no, but it was definitely in my mind. But yeah, like I don't have like Fooks and Thalwar Stones and that that kind of thing. And once you know you're against Troll Disco, you may be sort of throttle a little bit, like you don't want to literally flood the board and then, I don't Mm. know, get like four of your guys blown up. So Yeah. yeah, you can normally... I think the fact that you can just basically sort, like, say of the trolls and Sengirs that get do get down, Cyblast mm. deals with the Sengirs nicely, Swords deals with both. So you, I think quite often he was, I was kind of forcing him to basically use the disc to kind of one for one with like one of my threats, knowing I've got like, mm. you know, a couple more Sarahs to go and eventually you're going to run out of like, interaction and then we'll just kind mm. of squeeze out the final points of damage um, which is broadly what happened so mm. yeah and he's not playing blood moons maybe either didn't see any blood moons um, that would yeah. have been interesting but um, yeah. No, yeah maybe after board maybe I, maybe he did have a can't remember now He cho- I remember he showed oh. me his, his sideboarding and there were a lot of um, like blasts and stuff coming in but I don't know if I saw any mm. blood moons um, anyway yeah. but he certainly had terrors <laughs> so goes <laughs> on to the tech. Yeah, so that was like six and one. So I ended up being the, the third seed after Swiss. Um, shout out to I don't want to get uh, anyone else's names wrong. Um, Daniel Ernst, who's the uh, the top. Um, he was un- undefeated um, going into the the top eight. So he, he did a great job. Um, and yeah, and he was unlucky. Uh, he he ended up playing against the um, the other the finalist Valerio. Um, and that was probably quite a close match. Daniel was playing a kind of like mono red atoll, kind of classic uh, Orland uh, construction. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I told him before the last round, lose the last round, or else you will lose the first round in the quarterfinals. Yeah. If you go seven zero, like, and he was like, yeah, I lost. Like, I told exactly. you so. Like, like it's, I it's mean, he's a, he, he's every a, time. He's a great guy. I I met him before, and he, he's he's an amazing guy. Um, yeah, really good guy. Uh, but you're actually in top eight. What's going through your mind at this point? Just, you're, yeah, you settled in already. Or? I was. I think I was reasonably. I mean, Ireland's maybe a better, uh, better job. I think I was reasonably calm. And part yeah. of it is, mm. I don't know, like going into the weekend. Like to be honest, I wasn't sort of 
for me, I wasn't sort of saying, oh, this is my, you know, this is my one chance. I've got to do this. And I wasn't really putting any like pressure on the event. I was kind of like, I was. Mom spaghetti. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I was working. I've been sort of working like quite intensively, like the week building up to the event. So even like the, you know, and I was actually working like a couple of days after. So kind of in a way, um, just other things were going on in my life so it wasn't sort of allowing me lots of time to kind of dwell on oh you know you've got to put in this testing like this is a really important tournament yeah. and so on so in a way i was kind of the whole like flying out there it's like this is gonna be a nice you know nice weekend yeah. and you know obviously you trust yourself that you know a thing or two about old school and how to play play cards um but in that sense i was kind of like yeah this is nice and just sort of see where we get to maybe i was a little bit sort of not too um, I don't know, kind of like high fiving everyone and being like, right, it's putting the pressure because I knew, in my knew my quarterfinal yeah. opponent and looking at the bracket, like I was essentially in the kind of the deck side of the draw. Um, mm -hmm. So, and essentially my sort of route to the, well, the championship, I guess, was a kind of Italian spike kind of gauntlet, like three excellent Italian players, um, and mm. yeah, really got to, yeah. In a sense, really got to play against some of the the best players I imagine that play old school in, in Italy, um, which is a really nice, mm. um, really nice thing to you know, to get to do, and probably won't necessarily happen again. So um, yeah, it was a really, really, really sweet situation um, to you know pick your skills and so on. Um, so I guess it kind of takes us into the, the quarterfinal, which against a chap called Guiseppe, who um, I'm already butchering that name, but but there we are. So he was on a kind of deckish. Um, so I saw him, it's worth saying, I'd seen him playing against Danny Friedman and he beat Danny, I think, 1-0 to make top eight. So his last match had pretty much went to timing. They were in, in turns at game two. I wonder why only, well, how we could have won with 1-0 against Danny. Hmm. Yeah. What was Danny playing? <laughs> so Danny was playing, I think he wasn't playing Twiddlevolt, but he was playing oh, a okay. deck with time vaults in the board, I think. Um, so it's basically okay, like right. a deck mirror. Um, <laughs> okay, I knew yeah. that he had the only, the one bit of um, like information. I guess I'd seen that he was playing Sarah Angels. So his deck was. I knew his deck was more like the Arland school of the deck as opposed to the the fluffy. Yeah, Giuseppe's deck. Yeah, 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 as opposed yeah. to the fluffy mm. fluffy school. Um, mm -hmm. But he, I think he may have had four four Sarahs because I I, mean, I saw three of them uh, in one of the games. Um, and mm. I was surprised to see a third, and I think his he was slightly in an Italian way, kind of very like nonchalant about it, as if he had another mm. one somewhere. And he was like, oh, "We'll get to that that fourth one." But the first game was <laughs> first game was super close. Um, we both like mind twisted each other. Uh, I I got a moat um, out of his, so he was out of his um, hand with the mind twist. Um, I think I probably had. I think I might have mind twisted something like counterspell. Uh, moat and maybe even being a Sarah, you know, or, or a bolt or something. So like a pretty pretty spicy hand. And I think his mind twist on me was more it might have been like a balance and like three lands or something. It was like a good hand, but not as probably as powerful. Um so there was a lot mm. of lot of back and forth and I was able to I think he I think he was maybe at certain points kind of struggling or like tapping out to play a book or Sort of, I was had a few windows where I could kind of chip away with damage, and I think at one point I got a Suchi in for a couple of hits. So I was sort of slowly mm. chipping him down, and I just knew that we were, we were basically trading resources like one for one. And I'm just thinking, mm. 
If I can get him to eight, I've got two side blasts in my remaining like 15, 17 cards. And, oh, you're down to we got that. we got pretty down. You've been playing a, 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 yeah. kind of a long time at that. Yeah, point. and I think I don't game seen, one, I think I'd yeah. blown up one book and I was thinking I don't think he's got well, I, he certainly didn't have four books and um, I'm thinking okay, he's, mm. he's sort of deckish, he's maybe not full the deck, he's probably not got a regrowth or maybe I think he might have mm. had a regrowth actually. Anyway, key points being I'm just thinking okay, we're going to find these side blasts at some point and if I can just like protect them, he hasn't got Sort of, he hasn't got to the position yet where he's just closing me out with factories or something. Mm. Um, and I was able to, to sort of do just that. And I think I, you know, playing ancestral with counter spell backup, he just lets it resolve and you draw. And you're like, okay, I, I think we're now in, you know, in control. There was some sort of setup like that where you realize, okay, the coast is clear and you can like side blast and then wait for him to do something and, and side blast again a few turns later. Um, so it was just one of those things where I probably had two counter spells in the last ten cards of his deck, and that gave me enough, you know, enough kind of like leverage to to get the get the twenty points in before he could he could stabilize. So that was uh, yeah. that was a it, yeah an interesting sort of probably like maybe slightly the variance on my side. And then game two, I'd probably say was one of the more. So I appreciate your listeners don't want necessarily play by play account for everything. But my my situation was I have my similar to matches against Andrea early where I sort of kept slow hands. My six, so my seven and my so I seven was too slow. It had like a tundra and a factory, but didn't have a lot else. And it was a lot of stuff that was either double blue or like maybe it was like a Suchi that I can't cast yet. So I was like, okay, I've got to ship it. So down to six, and it was almost like the same hand again. It just went nowhere. So you're kind of thinking, I don't. Although this is not great, particularly because sort of some of the, you know, like I'd, at this point, I think I boarded out my balance. So I'm thinking, you know, I can't even sideboard in, or I can't even mulligan into um, like a balance on four cards or something and just pop the balance and like, you know, send us both back to the stone age. But I'm thinking, oh, I've got to mull this. You know, it's not a six that's going to win. I'm just going to like get, get timed out. So I ended up keeping, it was Disenchant, Mox Jet, Mox Pearl, Ancestral Recall, and like some random, maybe a Suchi or something, some random other card. And I'm but the ancestral is the key card there. I yeah, guess. and I'm just thinking I've got to keep this, and I can't go to four. At least I can play a disenchant, and then I'm going to at some point draw a blue source, and you know, at least gives me a gives me a shot. And I'm on the draw, mm. um, so at least I've got you know got a couple of draws. But ended up being I think I my first draw was a blank, and he's gone like mock. Oh, crucially, he'd gone Mock Sapphire and a non-blue land, so maybe a factory or something. And I'm just thinking, okay, he hasn't got... You'd definitely represent Counterspell there if you could, so he probably yeah. hasn't got a blue land yet. You know, otherwise, mm. there's no there's no good reason. Other than you, cause you're not going to just play a factory out for two damage early on, like you know, attack the assembly worker. So, yeah, and still, there's reason why you probably put the mocks down anyhow, since there's... Uh, twist like both yeah. time twister and mind twist and I guess yeah. I think it's yeah I think the, I think it's correct to play the mocks but I think it was just it was it was a little just a little tell for me that he hadn't got a second blue mm. so I disenchanted the mocks obviously I didn't draw a blue so I didn't draw, didn't draw a land it was just like a, a dead card maybe a DT or something no that would have been good mm. uh, like a side blast <laughs> or something so he, I remember mm. he said to me, "Oh, no lands." And I was like, "No, back to you." So he goes, um, 
maybe a planes or something passes back. Mm. But then I drew a mock sapphire, so I was able to play that, mm. fire off the ancestral, and then we're just off to the races. You yeah. know, uh, he had, and and I was able to get enough pressure down before he found blue blue off you know, a couple of tundras to um, to be able to mm. like, counter my stuff. Uh, yeah, and then you're sitting with counter spells, but you actually have to develop your board and everything since you're you're under a threat. So. Yeah. yeah, it just worked out, you know, I think he was, and there were just a few moments where then you can, because you're then the aggressor, and his life totals, you know, dwindling, where you can say, I think there was definitely a moment where I, I swung with a factory, and I've got like, at this point, you know, six or seven mana, I swing with a factory, he basically, you know, commits to disenchanting the factory, and then you can go, okay, second main, drop a Suchi. And it's just something so like I like to think kind of soul crushing in those moments where I think it's still the right thing to do, but when you follow up with a more powerful artifact there and they they haven't got a counter spell, and they're just under mm. so yeah you can just put them under so much pressure. Um, so yeah. so we got there. So that was two zero. I think sort of I was pleased. You get those moments. Sometimes they don't work out, but I was I, pleased. I gave myself the best like the best shot at it with a I call the sort of disciplined mulligan. Um, and then we had quite a long wait. Um, I think the other games were taking taking quite a while. I think someone also managed to spill. Um, there was a yeah, whiskey spillage. I, I, you I caught that? that on camera also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like so, they needed to check some cards yeah. because. Uh, yeah. So like and change the, like where they were streaming, change play mats and whatever. Yeah. Because someone spilled a beer over the or wine, I remember. And um, Arland yeah. obviously uh, had his own his own. Uh, encounters with that in the past mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i mean it happens it like happen. you have to be ready for that at an old school tournament mm. uh you you can't just uh, expect your every everything to be safe like mm. what you bring is at risk yeah and i think indeed, just indeed. having the right sleeves and double sleeves and maybe some people do triple sleeve um you've got to yeah you've got to watch out for those kind of things and have a a towel at hand to mop up something if it goes um, goes on the, the board. Um, maybe but, maybe we should everyone be like Will. He always has a towel uh, hmm. at hand because I mean, if if your hands are sweaty when you flip or something, he always has a, one of those golf towels. Yeah, it's kind of like a, yeah, like nice. a do rag or something. Yeah, it's um, it's like a microfiber yeah, like, towel. Like they have, uh, like bartenders have, where you can wipe your hands. They usually have it in the belt. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. But also, go golf players uh, always have them. I think okay. they are called golf towels mm. uh, because you have them at ready for like cleaning your hands or or whatever. I think we need to fix some X Files golf yeah, towels. Yeah, I mean, we need to set the 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 tie, the tie factory in work. <laughs> yes, let's put them in work. Uh, so you actually, that's the quarterfinal and you actually after all that waiting and stuff you went into the semifinals and you get to meet once again the day yeah so back against uh, andrea um, and this is on uh, stream also uh, right? no this wasn't wasn't on stream so i'd been off camera the whole tournament until the finals so this was, okay, this okay. was just until the finals yes yeah, so this was just in like the main okay. so the stream room i guess was kind of slightly away from uh -huh. the but the main tournament room was, yeah, was just like the other side of a kind of set of doors, essentially. So, yeah, it's against mm -hmm. Andrea, and you know, in a sense, like obviously, I at this point, I've 
I'm starting to feel a little bit more excited. Um, so a few of my friends are like, you know, yeah, you know, he beat you, but now it's time. My brother Ben said something like, now it's time for justice and all this, and was trying to kind of build me up over <laughs> over WhatsApp. Um, because because he, he you won against his landsman or he, well he well just that he'd beaten <laughs> he'd beaten me so comprehensively earlier. He's just like, well, you know, you've okay. got to avenge uh, avenge your defeats. Um, um, yeah, you feel that you need. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I thought that he said that he oh, wanted to have oh, okay. no, no, no. Giuseppe or something. <laughs> okay, no, I don't think they've got any, um, any beef, any uh, Italian beef. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a, it was one of those games. I think from my from my own notes, um, the first game was a bit of a weird game. I think we both had mana problems, and I was like chipping away with damage, but neither of us. And it was one of those things where he was like tapping out for a book and I was just like destroying it straight away. Um, but I was able to just kind of slowly get enough damage down that the classic like one Suchi hit for four and then a side blast and then he's, you know, basically like facing down a couple factories on two life or something. And I was just able to kind of squeeze out the game. Um, mm. And I do probably think the, like he, this was the guy that had... Um, the, the card spillage kind of incident maybe like his focus had slightly gone as a result and i don't know like maybe the fact he'd beaten me earlier he was sort of he was yeah, slightly kind of off, off the off the gas orland you mentioned winning the swiss gets you kicked out of the top eight instantly but also meeting someone that you won against in the swiss in the top eight that's no no good either no, that that's never it's, good. That's never a good it's thing. It's never good. So, you're usually losing then also. Yeah, and I was, uh, and I remember saying this to. I played in um, a, one of the a, a redacted tournament. Um, I played against Fanta, uh, and I beat him in the Swiss. And it was almost like he, you can see his like the computer, kind of brain ticking over, and he's like <laughs> learning like, okay, Stebo's doing this, so I need to make these adjustments. I remember playing. I'm seeing the meme where where you see some clocks yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, uh, things. Uh, yeah, like a, a bubble yeah, appears above like his mathematical head and he's kind of like check tweaking his sideboarding. Um, but, I, I had, but it's true. And I remember saying to him, this was a semi-final and I was saying, look, look, this is just really bad for me that I get to play you again. And you know all my like tricks at this point. So mm-hmm. yeah, it tends to not work out well. Uh, were, were you saying anything all on or? Yeah, I had like the exact same thing with Svante in a redacted tournament where I beat him in the final final round of the Swiss and it's like, yeah, he squeezed into top eight and it's like, yeah, now I know how how wrong I sideboarded in the last game and now I got you down and then he beat. So, yeah. So, yeah, good. But with Andrea, it was more like you actually won bit by bit. You have, a, you have so many answers in your deck. So as long as you're not like overwhelmed with uh, more cards or whatever from your opponent I guess it's anyone's win uh, and you won game one with Mistress as you mentioned and having him on the back foot but game two you also have uh, uh, Lyra Alexandria yeah that's right yeah I think it was uh, my turn to get a good good start with the restricted cards and yeah it was mm. one of those games where he was you know he was he was just simply drawing one less card than me every turn and over like 10 yeah. turns you, you just eke out enough advantage that you can and like at that the point you can yeah you can throw away counter spells and disenchants <laughs> whenever you like Some, <laughs> you, something like that you, 
Sometimes you're even happy to have a target for cards so you can keep drawing more cards. Yeah, exactly. So so yeah, so that was that was great and uh yeah, into into the finals and it was actually you know, it was pretty like in both those games I don't think unlike in the, the Swiss, um I was ever really in too much bother. Um so you know, yeah. it ended up and I think it's partly partly kind of just learning how the deck plays against the, the deck, how my deck plays against the deck and probably I was yeah. making a few sideboarding adjustments and you just get yeah, better at the matchup as third you, as you get. game against it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at this point. Yeah, third so. in four rounds I've played the deck three times. Yeah. And so you know, you're just able to do you you've got a few percentage points in your favour by that point, for sure, just through like mm. muscle memory kind of stuff. Um so yeah, it brings us to the and final uh against uh Valerio and I think we were pretty much kind of straight into it there wasn't any like waiting around but I'm now on stream and this is feeling very real you know there's like essentially a massive huddle of Italians and a few um a few sort of foreigners that have made the trip you've got that slightly weird yeah. tripod thing that you see on on those um stream setups and yeah it's all mm. it's all happening and people crowding around you watching also yeah 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 all the yeah. I mean it's kind of all the stuff I don't know. I don't, you don't hate it, but it doesn't help with like yeah. nerves and like feeling pressure. Yeah. And at this point, it's like, okay, this is actually this is feeling very real. Um, and you know, you kind of don't want to. And this is something that came into you know Valerio's psychology as well. Like, I I, I feel like well, I don't want to like you're not letting people down, obviously, but you want to people are like staying up to watch you play, and they're like you know back home or whatever. You want to sort of give them something to celebrate but equally if you're mm. in a fit from various side i feel that the fit and equal for all my other opponents in the top eight they're on home soil they're surrounded by their friends it's such a nice <laughs> thing to, to win in that situation and maybe that actually yeah. adds to the pressure i don't know but yeah super super close set of games um just really i just think this was this was the best uh, finals i've seen in law school <laughs> for a long time yeah, uh, it's really back and forth. Uh, you have some show notes. Yeah, well, uh, like that you you brought with how the games turned out. But I think if you're able to watch the Twitch stream, you should do that still. I don't know if it will be out on YouTube because it's it's on it's not on Twitch. It's on YouTube. Okay, yeah, they stream on YouTube. That's right. Sadly, the final game is missing. I think okay. you can watch it on the WinCon Instagram channel. As someone recording yeah. it from the crowd, yeah. which is actually useful because okay. it's from my it's from my sort of from behind me, yeah. so I could see mm -hmm. the. It's actually quite useful just for my own kind of learnings. I could see the kind of you know I can vaguely vaguely remember them, but the plays I was making, but it helps for right. me summarizing for this. So I can kind of say, oh, when I drew this, I did this, and so on. But um, mm. yeah, just like a really and as a as a sort of you know as the the pinnacle of this tournament. Um, I think a really good example for old school because we had four out of the six starts. So game went to three games. So of the starting hands that people kept, four out of the six starting hands had a turn one library. It's just like just we and it was two yeah. two like two. <laughs> we each had turn one library twice. So it was just like busted mm -hmm. plays from the word go. Um, but there's just some really funny moments. Like I'd kept in game one, I'd kept like a solid hand, like a bit of removal, decent number of mana sources. But I fanned through my hand, and I had my one main deck sitting in a bottle. And I'd briefly gone over the... I didn't actually know BB-8 all that well, because it's a fairly new deck, this is what Valerio was playing. 
Um, but mm. someone had sort of said to me, it's like robots and bird, essentially, which is basically what it is, um, and manabolts mm. and stuff. So I was kind of chatting to Will McGran just before the finals, and I was kind of like, okay, I think it's so nice that, to have those access to such great minds. Um, so we kind of broadly had a plan for, like, I think this is how I'd sideboard, and this is what we'd do. And like, I said, you look at the list. And so the main question was, he's not going to have anything... Really, like, no, he won't play Dibs main, but he could have had Dibs in the board, or it was possible they'd be Glooms or maybe Blood Moon, and there are a few different options for like the Dib slot in the sideboard. But I'm just thinking, when I see that city in a bottle in my starting hand, I was like, well, it's a keep because of the other six cards, but the bottle's basically a dead card. And I was kind of feeling a bit mm -hmm. disappointed. Then he, so I'm mm -hmm. on the play, so I must have gone like Land, probably like Land Mox Go or Land Go or something. Then he drops the library. I'm, and there's a big, mur like a sort of murmur, sort of, if it was subtitles, it would be like Italian murmurings. Because everyone's like, there's a little murmur in the crowd. And I quite yeah. like these sort of, these are the moments of drama that I sort of do quite enjoy. So I'm thinking in my head, this is going to be really funny when I, you know, I didn't sort of react. I wasn't kind of like looking shocked at the library coming down or whatever. But in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, great. I'm just going to play my city in a bottle. This is going to be quite funny. Because it's not really, it's a one-off. And it's also generally not that good, uh, you know, it's not like a spot you see very often. So I go like, you know, another land, drop the bottle. And there's then like Italian murmurings intensifies. This area like kind of draws a card <laughs> and then just like puts the library in his bin. Um, and that was, quite a, that was quite a good moment. I think probably that game, it's fair to say that he'd probably kept a hand that wasn't optimized, save for the fact he had a library. So yeah, clearly, clearly it's a good keep, but uh, yeah, your bottle uh, settles it, I guess. That yeah, game. exactly. And I wasn't. That was the guy. I was just under no. Re um, people can watch it back. Um, I think he got me down mm. to twelve. Um, but for a burn deck, you know, that's that's not good. And I was just in in control essentially. So I'm thinking, this is great. One nil up in the finals. You know, what could what could go wrong? Mm. And then my keep in, uh, you know, do sideboarding. I kind of know broadly what I'm doing, so I've got like five or six cards coming in and out, etc. I'm sure he's got his own dastardly plan. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, I keep a library hand in game two. I'm thinking, this is great. I'm on the draw. Not ideal, but I've got the library. He's obviously got his own library. This is the, the, the mm. library mirror. Um, but yeah, he just... It was like the reverse of game one. He just sort of pounded me into the dirt. It's like burn spells, good threats... And yeah, I was just on the back foot and he just had way too much pressure. And I was like two turns from stabilizing and yeah, he just, just took me out. So yeah, I think are. what's interesting about game two is that, that I felt watching it, he goes off uh, the lower early, mm. uh, like a bit in. And for me watching it, I thought it was the wrong decision, but he actually clocks you, as you mentioned, uh, actually you're not able to come back from his like whole hand being flung yeah. uh, out. Uh, so it could have, that, that's usually not how you play <laughs> with, with, with having uh, Library of Alexandria. Uh, and as you're you still on Library then? I, I think guess? I was on Library. I maybe came off it like one, when I kind of could just see, like I just need to deal with the board as best I can. Um, 
Yeah. But yeah, I but would. I agree with he you. He clearly did the right decision there. You have the counter spells also. I don't think he's playing that many counter spells. No, or if he's I don't think he has. Maybe he has some blasts, but I don't think he has any. It's, it's just time before someone hits uh, strip mine, or even worse, if uh, you find like mind twist or something. Yeah. Else. I don't know. Yeah, we could do a whole uh, do a whole episode of when to go off lower or <laughs> yeah. not. Like it's like you depends on who you ask. I yeah, mm. it's hard to know when to like switch gears and go off the lower. Yeah, it's really but really. Valerio hard. did if, the right decision there. He's... If if you ask Svante, it's probably never. Yeah, <laughs> and me if too. You ask, and if uh, you ask some other guys, it they do it too often. It's like there's a sweet spot in between. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I suppose it's one of these things. Well, We'll never know if he, I mean, he won convincingly. Maybe he wins mm -hmm. even more convincingly. If he doesn't go off the lower, but maybe not. Yeah, so, that could also be. True. So, um, but, you know, we get to game three. So, as you say, made, yes. the, made the right call in the circumstances. And game three is a strange one. And this is one of these things mm. where you're, so, so I, my seven has a library again. I'm on the draw. I'm on the play this time, so. And it's worth saying, I was on the play in each of my matches in the top eight, which definitely helped. Um, but I'm on the play, I've got a library, I'm thinking, okay, this is pretty good. And even better than that, and this is this thing where, on the one hand, like you don't want someone to you know, scrub out, but they're in multi five. <laughs> I mean, someone's like, oh, I'm yeah. at the mull again, and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. And part of you is like, yes, this I'm is not great, I'm sorry. not sorry. <laughs> but obviously, like, you know, you don't, like, it's a, a shit, you know, that can be a really shitty way for a, a tournament to end. Um, mm. And, like, you know, I think it's, it's, everybody is sincere when they are like, a, a sor you know, sorrowful in that moment and you put yourself in that position and it and obviously sucks. But equally, like, you mm. do, you know, the great thing about Mulligans is you can, if you're looking for certain cards, you can, like, sculpt for them, and, like, fish for those cards. And, yeah, I think every, every spiky player, and Valeria would be just the same, I'm sure, is kind of like, well, if that's the way it ends, so be it. Uh, I'm not sorry yeah. if I get to win, but I'm sorry that it's not a, a, a close game. But ended up being the closest game imaginable. Um, mm -hmm. Where I... And it's kind of these interesting kind of decision-making. So I don't think it's greedy. But I had a spot where I stayed on library and I sawed an early trike that he made. Um, I could have divined offerings, but I didn't want to get... Cause you, in that situation, you would normally see the trike target itself to rob you of six life. So I was kind of thinking, well, if I play the divine offering, it's just kind of like, I'll go off library and he'll fizzle the spell. So I swordsed it. But then he stuck a dip, which I didn't actually have an immediate answer to. I had a side blast in my hand and a control magic. But I didn't have, like, a, well, I didn't have another swords. Um, so I was suddenly kind of on the back foot with this dip kind of pinging me. And I'm hitting land drops but I can't find like any blue land and I was mm. sort of like sort of in this pretty pretty desperate spot where he's kind of you know when you've got a couple of bolts coming your way as well suddenly you're on like you're on library he's on like one card in hand or whatever at this point but he's you know putting you under quite a lot of pressure um, mm. I think there was one point where he swung with both he had two factories and a dib um, let me just uh what happened there and I think I was able to I took out the so I go for, yeah I took out one factory get hit for five and then I'm kind of like mm -hmm. okay I've got an answer for the next factory but it was 
I was pretty close to just getting clocked, but I was able to, I drew mm -hmm. into, this is a strange kind of like the way these lines work out. So I finally drew a DT. I'm like, you know, drawing two cards a turn with library, drew a DT and you're then like, well, I could get anything. I could side blast this dib, potentially. I could get mm -hmm. a Lotus control magic with dib. Um, I ended up DTing for, there's these sort of options in my hand and I can like DT for Lotus or DT for a Tundra or something, but I ended up DTing for the Tundra and then just tapping out to play Sarah Angel that answers the dib, also provides him with a clock, and that gives me a second blue. So I've then got on the next turn all of my stuff online. And Valeria's got one card in hand. And one, crucially, he's like super tight on mana. So I think he's he's maybe got like a mana vault, a couple moxes. And I think he's only got one color, like actual land at this point, so I've blown up his factories, which was a volcanic island. And it's kind of interesting. So earlier in the match, and I don't know if this had come, you know, there's so many things. It's late, and it's worth saying. So I'm on, I think I'm on three life. So no, no, I must have been yeah. on. I think I was on six. Um, yeah, I was certainly on six life. So very much like the. Yeah, you know, we're late at late in the evening. All these, you know, all these things going on, and I think he he kind of and he said afterwards he got caught on the line that his plan was. He had I sort of said I think I'm pretty sure you'll. I was like your card last card's definitely a bolt. I know it's a bolt, and so I wonder if there's an element of that that comes in. But his line essentially was, I'm not gonna bolt face, I'm going to save the bolt to bolt the Sarah when you block my, yeah. my dib and I'll get the Sarah off the board. Mm. But as it happens, the next card he drew, was another, I'm told, was another bolt. So if he'd gone like, end yeah. turn bolt, untap bolt, I was tapped out and that was the that was mm. basically the window. Or if he'd done the same thing and the last card was a side blast, I think it would have been the same. So if he, mm. so it's this sort of strange thing where like, if you'd known what the next card would have been, you would have played differently. Um, I was watching that uh, and I was thinking like hopefully you're sitting at some point at a, uh, with a swords anyhow <laughs> uh, but uh, so you can even swords your Sir Angel at that point but uh, yeah it was you, you it was a nail biter till the it end it was a nail biter till the end and that was very much the window so then the do it doesn't happen the next turn so he then, I don't think, he just passes back to me. I then swing with the Sarah. He, no, I think I, before combat, I then, I've drawn my strip mine. So I play a strip mine and strip mine his box. Yeah. This is one red source. He then has to bolt me. Mm. I yeah. counter it. Um, maybe this is actually, maybe at this point this is a bolt for, for lethal. Anyway, I have a counter spell for it, and he's then off red, yeah. and mm. I'm I'm on three. Yeah, I'm I think I'm on three life at this point. So maybe that would have been, and he maybe fires off. Of, anyway, the crucial yeah. crucial bit being at this point, I can strip mine his red, get the bolt out of his hand, so I can counter. He then can't kill the mm. Sarah Angel. He has to like chump with the. Or I think he lets one point of damage, one round of damage through with the. Uh, it doesn't like chump the dib. Then mm. from that point on, he's so that brings him from twelve to eight. He then takes a point off the dip going to seven. So maybe he had one window here. So he has no blues. So he plays an underground C, I think. Um, but at this point, 
the next untap, I can then swing. I play a factory for the turn, so I can do like a big. I have two factories of my own that can swing. One can pump. He has to chump with the Sarah, the Sarah with his div to stay alive. And then hmm. I've got a side blast in hand to respond, which would be lethal to respond to anything yeah. he does. You, you had it all set Yeah, up so there was this sort of, it was a strange thing where I was really far ahead. Then he was like, ultimately like agonizingly close to closing it out. And then it kind of swings hmm. back to me. And then, then it's all over. Yeah. And it's like super dramatic. And I mean, it really could have gone either way. Um, well, <laughs> it was about hmm. as close as you can possibly get. And yeah, I feel in a way, like to get that close at the end as well. Like I mean, Flair is a great guy. I've not, I don't think I've met mm. him before, and we haven't certainly haven't played a game before, as far as I can recall. Um, but yeah, you know, it's kind of really shared a. I think it's a moment. great end to the tournament, yeah. uh, and uh, you clearly fought to <laughs> get all all the way. Uh, I'd say. And uh, I, I was in the other room because it was it was too crowded in that room, and it's like. I can't I can't stand watching like the final game of of the finals like mm. it's it's too hard for me to stand there. So I was like trading my rain potential deck with some guys and I heard some Italian screaming and it's like okay Stebo lost like what the <laughs> fuck mm. this mm. sucks. <laughs> it's like then some, some random guy comes in ah, Stebo won. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like in this way Stebo won. <laughs> Maybe he was on team team Valerio. Um, I I have no. I think he was just tired. Just that, yeah, I mean this is this is the thing. It's too, I mean I can barely remember the the live totals. I've pretty much got them written in front of me from my, my notepad. But yeah, it's two in the morning. You know, it's super. Like you are just at that point sort of playing on on instinct to a certain extent. So yeah, it's crazy. These but things go so long. But yeah, we we got there. Amazing feeling, and you know it's finally got my hands on a shark I can't ask for more than that but what 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 is people tournaments run so smooth nowadays like there's no like 6 a.m <laughs> final endings anymore it's like people everything ends early at 2 a.m it's like mm. yeah that's true mm. yeah it was it was re- if it had gone much later i think i would have been in, in real trouble but yeah that's uh that's kind of like a normal normal finish um but look i mean it's um mm. as i sort of and i said at the time in the room uh, you can't understate how hard the fish liver guys work, like Delfino, um, Lorenzo, yeah. Megu. Like these guys were working like the whole time to like optimize the event. You know, it's great for them mm. that they get to they got to say a few words. And I, I was there's some like a beautiful kind of shark, kind of like if you go to there's a sort of thing you see in like the reception of like an office building in like Stockholm or somewhere where they've just got like kind of random stuff. That kind of looks vaguely kind of nice on the, on the shelves. shelves. Yeah, it's like a very nice, sort yeah. of sophisticated kind of shark trophy to go alongside like a magic card that you can't really like put in the put in your living room. So they explained mm. all of that, and there was like a nice little bit with MG as well. And yeah, it was really amazing. Like the following, everyone was super tired, and so we had a few like celebratory cans of beer kind of away from the tournament venue um, afterwards. Like a few of them. Um, Jonas, uh, Will, and myself. But the, the the next night, and shout out to Will that he took down the Atlantic Cup the next day and just blitzed, uh, just blitzed it playing playing the deck, as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the next night we're celebrating Will's victory as well as my own, I guess. And Begu and Lorenzo, those guys were were out 
pretty much to like three in the morning. I think they had work the next day and yeah, they were just sort of mm. super committed to giving the, the people that had traveled all this way, a, you know, a great time and, and, you know, just maximizing the weekends. Um, that was really lovely. Nice. Yeah, well, I think the also one of the most fun things was it Mego. He walked around with the PA system, like saying, "I come with the voice." <laughs> what, the, what, what the fuck is happening here? And I also, come with the voice. <laughs> and also, I mean, we we are running we are running a bit late, but there's one thing that actually happened during the Atlantic Cup. You beat uh, Will McGran at orb flips. That's true. That is true. The, mm-hmm. the, well, this is my orb flipping technique. I don't have a, a golf towel. Um, but um, it's a little bit unorthodox, but I think it's a pretty good... I did hit an orb flip on camera in the World Championship final, which I'm... That's, a, that's another thing on my bucket list. I, I was so pleased to not miss that flip, nonetheless, because it was against mm. the Serendip or something, and it was pretty pretty crucial to take it out. But, yeah, I was able to get get one over on, on Will on, on orb flip, send a message for the next next Ryder Cup. Um, yeah, you know, even the, even the very best... Uh, have to lose lose all flips occasionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, we we have one more shout out before we end uh, the, this discussion, and it's like an upcoming thing that you guys got going over there. In the, yeah, on your on your little island. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah. <laughs> thank you for uh, allowing us to say a few things. So, yeah, the World Cup of old school. Is back. Um, this is, I think, the fourth edition. And the World Cup of Old School is back in London. Uh, Brothers of Fire run event. Uh, so it's team unified. The teams of three. Uh, it's on Saturday, the nineteenth of November. Uh, there's some posts about it on Facebook. Um, you can get a team together, like get the... tickets. Um, but basically, it's a really sweet concept. So the idea is that the three decks, if put together, have to be a legal old school deck. So you can have all the all the usuals at Swedish banned and restricted uh, rules, but the the idea is you kind of split your you know the spoils um, between three decks. So yeah, you have four cedar four cedar of brass exactly one yeah, over one all of these all decks. Of that stuff. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's mm. um, it's an event that people it's quite quite fun and a lot of like um, like we've got teams sort of confirmed if you like from the team Legion Herbal team, Team South Africa, Sweden, Italy. At least one team coming from the USA. I think there might be a, a beast of the bay team getting uh, formulated. Um, so it's got a real international kind of flavour. Uh, there's a team from Sweden, uh, Fluffy, Olorada, and um, sort of making up the um, bringing up the rear Spanta. Um It's mm-hmm, a really mm-hmm. uh, really powerful team. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Raise raise money for uh, a local cats cats charity, like a sort of rescue and rehoming cats. Uh, very important to few of the people in, in the, the musical what's that the musical no. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> actors in the musical that have sort of fallen on hard times because it's uh, it's been on for too long uh yeah we've helped them out um yeah it's a lot of fun um so i'd encourage anyone that's interested to to sign up and if you don't have a trio and don't have a team we can pair people like make up teams and like connect you with people that are in a similar boat so Normally, mm. but you mentioned checking out the Facebook. Do you have like it's the ninety three ninety four group? Yeah. Or, or oh yeah, yeah. One? So there's a post on. Uh, we did a post this week on ninety three ninety four. So that's probably if you search for mm. my name or search for like World Cup <coughs> or something, mm. you'll be able to find it on there. You have an event also. Maybe you can 
find yeah, it. Yeah, I, I can give you an event. I can give you the Facebook. link. For, there is an event on Facebook. I can give you the link for the uh, the cover to yeah. show notes. Um, but yeah, uh, any. I suppose I'd encourage anyone if you're interested, drop us a message um, or drop the the group a message, and we can take it from there. And um, I'm not sure if you guys are able to make it, but hopefully, fingers crossed, Team Sweden can bring home the bring home the trophy for. Yeah, we we sent our some of our guys. I guess. <laughs> Sadly, I can't make it. I was asked to join the team, but the team now got a better player. So, so I mean, I'm okay. I'm actually traveling the three weeks before, and I would love to yeah. come because I mean, playing in London in a Brothers of Fire event, obviously great. I did it this summer. We had a great time. We played some Brothers Highlander. We had some good food uh, and yeah, other shenanigans. And it's. I mean, it's London is always great, e- easy to get there. Um, yeah, yeah. It's gonna I'm, be I'm an playing awesome the Uth Central Cup on the beginning of November, yeah. so I'm I'm not allowed to leave once again. Then. Yeah, that's that looks like that was but, that looks like a really sweet event as well, actually. And I was I, I love yeah. um li- like random limited events. I know um, Ron does a lot of limited uh, kind of throwback booster drafts and that kind of thing that looks like a sweet event that's sadly the one this year i kind of just can't make through some of the logistical yeah. challenges for everyone else but hopefully next year it's there's too much like there's the bsk the same weekend as Uten troll cup and then there's after that between those weekends there's a redacted tournament as well so i mean it's too much too mm. much to to do in old school and we are in a great space right now where there's too many events you want to go to a lot more events than you can Mm. not like the old times where you just oh now i have to wait four months for for an event and missing one of those is uh, also really feel bad but now you're able to play unified uh, november november 19th 19th (laughs) Uh, and uh, well with that i would like once again, uh, thank you, Sabah, for joining us and giving you the run through for your great uh, weekend you had uh, winning your shark. No, absolutely uh, no problem at all. Thank you again for having me on the show. And uh, yeah, hope it's an enjoyable listen. And uh, yeah, look forward to hanging out with you guys soon. Yeah, me too. Orlan, any last words? No. Lasciate mi cantare. Con la chitarra in mano, lasciatemi cantare, sono un italiano. Buongiorno Italia, gli spaghetti al dente, e un partigiano come presidente. Con l'autoradio sempre nella mano destra, un canarino sopra la finestra. Italia con i tuoi artisti, con troppa America sui manifesti, con le canzoni, con amore, con il cuore, con più donne sempre meno suore. Buongiorno Italia, buongiorno Maria, con gli occhi pieni di malinconia, buongiorno Dio, sai che ci sono anch'io. Lasciatemi cantare con la chitarra in mano, lasciatemi cantare una canzone piano piano, 
Așa că mica 